Hello, this is Tim, the lead pastor of Mosaic Portland, and welcome to the Mosaic Portland podcast. We exist to follow Jesus in authentic community for the world. And right now we're gathering Sundays online uh, to worship together and to open up scripture together. And then after that, we have virtual house gatherings that meet all over our city. And the great thing about these is that you can actually join in wherever you're listening from. We think these right now are the best way to be known, to connect with others, uh, and to be on mission together. They're also where we pray together on Sundays in smaller communities, where we take communion together and debrief what the talk was about and engage scripture more. If you want to find out more information of how to be a part of one in this season, you can find out more info on our website, mosaicportland.org. Now let's go to scripture together as we listen to this podcast. Hey, welcome. I'm Tim, lead pastor Mosaic. It's really good to be with you whenever and wherever you're watching. Uh, I want to tell you when I'm recording, actually, uh, this is a Wednesday afternoon. And uh, if, if you don't know that already, that's kind of a little peek behind the scenes of, of how we've been doing these last number of months is uh, we have uh, teams of volunteers that come in and record our, with our bands and uh, our, our team that does the kind of welcome and, and part and those of us that are on the teaching team at different points throughout the week. And this is Wednesday, November 4th. Um, we're watching it. Most of us watch it together. At least many of us watch it together on, on Sunday morning. We play it at, at 10 a.m. Uh, you might be watching this or listening to this at another time later in the week or even months later. Um, but right now for me, it's, it's Wednesday, November 4th. And I, I share that with you because this week in particular, I think it's uh, important. Uh, there was a national election last night, and as we sit today at about 2.30 in the afternoon, uh, we don't have an answer yet. We're in this in-between time. Uh, we don't know how many hours or days or weeks even it, it may last. And we all have different thoughts and opinions and, and feelings about that. And uh, some of us were prepared for this, others weren't. And uh, everywhere in between, I'm, I'm sure. And, and maybe some of you are like, wait, what? There was an election and uh, you uh, missed out on a lot of stuff that's happened. So, but today, Wednesday afternoon, uh, November 4th, uh, we don't know. We're in kind of this in-between uh, foggy, unknown new territory. And uh, maybe we know when many of us are watching this together on Sunday, uh, who our next president is going to be and have a lot of answers that we don't have, that I don't have right now. And, and, and that's okay. But I share that with you because I think being in the unknown is actually something we've become familiar with this year. Uh, and there's a lot of ways that this isn't going to change regardless of who our president is, that there's a lot of things that are unknown. And as we as a church family have been going to scripture week after week, this fall in this series that we've called Anchored with Jesus in the wind of the waves, it's particularly relevant right now. Um, there are ways that we are invited by the God of the universe to be anchored in his son, Jesus Christ, that are needed on Wednesday and on Sunday and whenever you might be watching or listening to this. Where I want to look together today is in a few sentences that Jesus spoke in front of a whole group of people. And they come at the end of a, of a long time of him talking on a hillside to a whole group of people. Uh, what he was teaching that particular day is, I believe, uh, and there's a lot of, uh, of us that believe this together, is that it's the most radical, significant, important, transformative teaching for all of humanity and all time. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And we're gonna look in Matthew chapter seven. It's recorded in Matthew chapter five, six, and seven. 
But the sentences I want us to look at together today that I think are relevant, whether it's Wednesday or Sunday or whatever day you're watching or listening to this, is, is because it, it talks about where we're anchored. It doesn't use the term anchored. It, it uses a different word and imagery. But it's the last sentences of this radical teaching, and it's in the book of, uh, of Matthew chapter 7 and, and verse 24. And so let's look at that together and listen, listen to these words. Therefore... Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. That's the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus does his radical teaching, again, I think the most significant radical human teaching ever in the history of the world, of creation, of any, any of us have ever heard, this is it. Sermon on the Mount, and he ends it with, if, if you hear my words and you put it into practice, it's like this. If you hear my words and you do not put it into practice, it's like this. And he, he describes it as a building a house on a sand and it, it falls with a great crash when a storm comes. As we've talked about being anchored in Jesus in the wind and the waves, the, the story that we, we started this series with was in, uh, uh, in the book of Mark, where there's a storm that the, that the disciples encounter when they're on a boat with Jesus in, in the Sea of Galilee. And, and a wind and a storm comes and they fear for their very lives. And here we've got a different imagery of a, of a storm coming in it. There's a house that's built on one kind of reality, one kind of strength, one kind of foundation. And then there's a house built on another kind of foundation. And when the storm comes, when the chaos comes, when the crisis comes, there's two very, very different experiences. For those of us that, that believe and know Jesus and are seeking to, to walk with him and live with him and shape our lives around us, for those of us who are anchoring our lives in Jesus, we have two very different experiences when we live out the things that he's called us to. And that's part of what it means to be anchored in him is to, that we would embody, that we would, that we would look like, that we would live like Jesus lives. And Jesus, very, very unique person. As we read about who he is and how he lived, he, he stood out as distinct. And that's, that's not a surprise. We all know that. If you know the name of Jesus and know anything about him, he was different than everyone else around him. When there was a storm, he was the one in the boat that fell asleep. Like that's a very, very bizarre different kind of response when everybody else, all these guys that are roughly the same age are freaking out, thinking they're going to die. And he literally falls asleep. That's a different kind of reaction. When he's beaten by Roman guards, when he's beaten by other men, he remains silent. That's a, that's a different, distinct kind of reaction. When he's put before Pilate and Pilate asks him to defend himself, Jesus says, I don't need to and the reason he gives is because he's not of this world. He's of another world. I mean, what a, what a different, odd kind of thing to say. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. I don't have to participate in the same way that all of you do. Jesus was distinct and different. And when we anchor our lives to him, we're actually to be different. And what he says here is he ends the Sermon on the Mount in these just few sentences in chapter 7 these, that we just read. And he paints these two kinds of pictures. He says, if you hear my words... And on this side, if you hear my words, and if you 
live it out. If you put it into practice, if you do it, and if you don't, it's two different kinds of ends, two different kinds of ways of being, of living, two kinds of results. And the first one is if, if you hear my words and you, you put it into practice and you live it out, then it's like building your house on, on the rock. It's a firm foundation. And if you don't, it, and it will stay in, in the midst of chaos and crisis and storm. And if you don't, it will fall. It's like being built on a sand. For all of us right now that are seeking to follow Jesus, uh, we've, we've heard his teachings. Um, we've, we've listened to his word. We've sung it. Um, maybe we've studied it even in depth. And Jesus says all that's important, but it's the call to live it out. It's the call to actually behave in this way. It's the call to, in some way, count the cost and live in this way. And for those first hearers of it, to end that, that kind of lecture, that kind of teaching, the talk time that he had on, the, on that hillside that day with, if you don't put this into practice, you're headed for disaster. What they would have seen and what they would have understood a short time later in that time in the first century is maybe a little bit different than what we would see or understand at, at first read. See, what was going on at that time is that they were in Galilee on this hillside and about 100 miles away in Jerusalem, the Romans were actually helping to rebuild the temple, the, the Jews' temple. They were helping to rebuild it because it had been destroyed and they were putting it back together. And, and as that was happening, the Jews had this hope, this excitement that they are our house, our temple, our place of worship is being put back together. And when it is put back together, God will show up in a new way. If that can happen, then God will be present with us in a new way and all will be fine. That's happening just a hundred miles away. They called it God's house. It was being built literally on a rock. I got to be in Israel a number of years ago and went into the, the building that's right there where the temple was. And, and as we got to tour through it and walk through it, there's this, this peak in the building. There's the peak of, of the mountain underneath that you actually can look down and see. It's opened up around it and you can see the top of a mountain. So you're in a building. It's not the temple. It's actually the Dome of the Rock. It's a Muslim mosque. And you can walk in there and look around. The temple's not there. It's, it was destroyed in 70 AD. It was destroyed hundreds of years ago, centuries ago. And Jesus actually says that that's going to happen later in the book of Matthew, quite a ways after the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus actually says in his, really his last teaching, significant public teaching time, he actually says that thing that's being rebuilt, that temple, it's going to be torn down. It's going to be destroyed. And they were, they were shocked at that. They said, no, there's no way that can happen. God's going to show up. God's going to be here. And Jesus says, no, it's going to be torn down. And the reason it's going to be torn down is the very reason that I gave you at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Because, because some of you are actually not listening to my words and putting it into practice. And when you as a nation do not listen to my words and put it into practice, you're actually building your future on the sand. And when crisis and chaos comes, it's going to be destroyed. And because you haven't lived out my words, this is what's going to happen. And sure enough, it did roughly 35 years later. Destroyed. Destroyed. One of the things that's helpful, I believe, for us as followers of Jesus right now is to, is to take stock in where we're putting our hope, where our anchor really is. When our anchor is really in Jesus, when our identity is in, when we're following Jesus, not only will we listen to his words, but we'll actually live out the things that he's calling us to. And for many of us, it's very easy and we should take inventory of where it is in our life that we're actually listening to Jesus' words and we're not living it out. It's as if we're building on the sand. 
And those things can get very convoluted at times, and maybe we can even fool ourselves. And as we've been talking over the last number of weeks, as we've headed into this election that happened for me, it happened yesterday, as many of us are watching this, was several days ago, is that maybe we actually were putting our hope in that a little bit. I shared a a quote from a book um, that I read a couple weeks ago called uh, Scandalous uh, Witness. It's by a a professor, uh, and he writes, and he, he subtitles it, A Little Political Manifesto for Christians. And he's got 15 propositions through it. There's just ideas that he says these things are true and here's, here's why. And that's how he shapes his, his short book. Right in the middle of it, of all those 15, right in the middle, proposition eight is a, is a simple one. His proposition number eight is every empire falls. Every empire falls. Every empire is destroyed. Every empire, human empire, ultimately is built on the sand and will pass away. Listen to this. Now, I have to tell you, uh, he's a professor, and so uh, he writes like a professor. So I want to read this, and you might get lost in it. Your mind might, might wander. We're going to put it on the screen. The words will be on the screen here. But I want to read this for you, and then I, I just want to summarize it because he writes like a professor, and it might be hard to follow. So I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to follow it up with what I, I think it's saying. Listen to these words. If we would be Christians, then, we must have faith to see the decline of empires, including those from which we may have derived many of our own benefits and power and personal privilege, often at the expense of others, as the inevitable consequence of the coming of God in Christ into the world. If the New Testament witness be true, it is the great political fact to which all human history will ultimately bend the knee and confess with the lips, And it invites us to the possibility of a nonpartisan contribution to the world in which we find ourselves, transcending the hostilities of left and right that shackle the imagination and political possibilities. Now, some of you tracked with that and you're like, oh, that was awesome. Others of you are like, yeah, I tuned out. Let me summarize what's saying here because I think it's really important. I think it relates to what Jesus ended his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount by. The first thing is this, is, is that empires fall. There you go. That's a pretty simple one. Look throughout history. Every empire's fall. You want to hear something really scary? As many democracies, some experts say, last about 300 years. We're approaching that. That is bizarre, wild to think that, whoa, the United States of America, that many of us, not all of us, many of us were born and raised in might fall someday. Let it not be true, right? But empires fall. Simple truth. Second thing is this. I think what he's saying here when he says this and he talks, his words are benefits and power and privilege is that our power and our benefits and our privilege are not in primarily our nation, but our, as followers of Jesus, those of us who have anchored our lives to Jesus are in Christ. If we're to think about the benefits, the blessings, the privilege that we have, it's not in anything other than in Christ first and foremost. And granted, we have plenty of privileges or lack of privilege based on our national standing or ethnicity or race or whatever it might be. But I think what he's saying is that, no, that, that's secondary at a distant second. What matters is who we are in Christ. The third thing is this, is you and I actually have a role to play in this world. You and I have a role to play in, in this world at this time that is not shackled by the limits of left and right partisanship. But you and I, because we're anchored to Jesus, when we follow Jesus, when our identity is Jesus, we have a role to play in this world that Jesus determines and not us. Empires fall. 
empires fall that are not built on Jesus. Our call, Jesus called us, is to build our lives, the lives of our friends and our family, the lives of the things that we put hope in, to build that on Christ and on nothing else. And there will always be opportunity and temptation for us to build our lives onto something else, to anchor our lives into something else. And today, this week, this month, this season, we have a, in, in the midst of all of the chaos, of all of the crisis, of all the fog and of uncertainty, is to see through all of that and to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link my life with Jesus. And if I'm going to do that, it means not just understanding and listening to his voice and his word, but to actually put it into practice. I, I came across a, uh, a passage this, uh, this morning, actually, that I think captured this idea so well. It's in the book of Titus. Let me read these words to you. It starts with, with Titus verse, chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. That was part of my reading uh, this morning, actually. I shared it with Facebook Live when we've done our, our midweek live update um, earlier today. But that for me was such, it was just ended up in my, <laughs> so I open scripture every morning, that just is where I, where I landed today as I'm working through the narrative Bible. And it, it, it includes both this call to place our hope in Jesus, this path to live, this type of life to live. And then it also included the, the, the idea that we would submit to rulers and authorities, whoever they may be, as much as we can without compromising our obedience to Jesus first and foremost. And, and so when we hear the words of Jesus that we're to, to build a life on him by listening to his word and then doing what he says, here's this picture of these things, to be gentle towards others, to be peaceable, to not slander anyone, to show kindness and to be considerate, to be these kind of people in the world might feel like a really strong calling, might feel like a, a huge challenge. And if you're anything like me, you hear those words and go, I want to do that. And we, we want to run out and, and, and try to embody that and be that to those around us and that we interact with. And, and a lot of that often comes just by the strength of our will. And that's got a very short run to it and will often fail quickly. And so I want to give you just three quick things to consider as you, as you step in and seek to live how Jesus is calling us to live, to be his kind of people, to be unique in this world, different. Not that you'd be on a boat and fall asleep, but, but maybe you could. Not that you'd be beaten ever and remain silent. Not that you'd have to be on trial in front of someone and claim that your kingdom is not of this world. But in little ways, every single day, we're called to be a distinct and unique kind of people. Uh, the first one is this, is uh, a, a practice that starts our day with Jesus. I've, I've gotten in the habit this year of, of not looking at my phone uh, in the morning and, until I've read scripture and, and spent uh, some time in prayer. And it's not a long time, it's just a little bit of time, but I've been reading a few pages every day in this narrative Bible throughout the year and making my way through scripture in year two, 2020. And I will get through all the Bible, I'm on track at least, and, um, to finish. And um, so 
reading a little bit of God's word uh, and then taking a the time. I'm using a prayer app called Lectio 365. And that starts my day with Jesus so that I'm not depending on my own strength of will throughout the day to be a certain kind of people and put Jesus' words into practice, but I'm, I'm starting with him so that I can be like him. That's, that's just a, a simple practice, but to start with Jesus in, in some way, to spend time connecting with Jesus and hearing from him in the day. The second thing is, is, uh, is actually being in relationship with other people, that, to being in community. And there's a lot of ways to define community. There's a lot of ways to experience community. There's a lot of ways to experience relationship um, with others um, that are strained right now because of, of COVID, because of the time in which we're living through right now, part of the chaos and crisis that we're existing in. So if I can say this, community right now, if you can think about it in this way, is that you have somebody in your life and hopefully multiple people that when you step out of the way that Jesus is calling you to live, love you and know you well enough to be able to say, hey, can I have a conversation with you? Have you noticed that you've done this? Or I experienced you in this way. Community, for now, if we can say part of the definition and the important part of it for us in this season, I think is to to be known by someone that can approach us in that way. Maybe you live with somebody, maybe you're married. Hopefully those, those people play that, that part in your life. Um, and maybe that's all you got right now because you can't leave the house too much. Um, we need more than that. Uh, and so uh, one way that, that I'm experiencing it, that Abby and I are experiencing it, are actually being in uh, a virtual house community. Um, we're actually in a few weeks going to be starting and, um, and launching a couple more if you want to start fresh in a new one, if you've not participated, or one if you've just kind of detached and said, I, you know what, this is, I don't love screens. This is kind of odd. And you've pulled back. Now's the time to step in and say, I actually need this. And if this is what's available, I'm going to take advantage of it. Um, we've seen God work in tremendous ways through our virtual house community. Uh, never would have planned this or known this was coming. But to see how God is actually working and building genuine relationships limited by a screen through our virtual house communities has just has been a gift in this season. So if you're not in one, you're invited into one. I'd love to have you join one even in today. At the end of this recording, when we're done worshiping, there's a, there's a way to click in and, and get involved. And um, if not today, you can go on through our website and find out more about that. But to, to experience community to the point where actually known enough to someone knows when you're struggling or knows when you stepped away from the life that Jesus is calling you. That's the second thing, community. The third thing is this. I'm realizing that one of the things that God's called us to in this Titus verse is to not slander anyone. And that's just one of the ways that you might feel like you have failed in the last few days. Uh, maybe it's a way you responded to the election. And again, this is Wednesday and we're, you know, many of us are watching this on Sunday and it's, uh, we might know something. And even in those few days, Wednesday to Sunday, four or five days that you've, you've said, oh, I treated somebody this way or I made this kind of comment or I slandered this person or I certainly was not gentle towards another person. And so the third thing is this, is that we practice forgiveness. We did a talk on forgiveness on August 30th. You can go back and watch or listen to it. Um, but uh, it's on our website if you click on the media tab. But how we uh, are taught by and led by Jesus through his word to practice and experience asking for forgiveness and receiving forgiveness and experiencing that grace that, that Jesus modeled for us on the cross, that we actually do that on a practical, tangible level to, toward one another to rebuild what's broken between relationship. That's the third thing. I think we need all of these if we're gonna to live the kind of life that Jesus called us, that we not just hear his words, but we put it into practice and we be a distinct kind of people in this world. And in so doing, we're building into not an empire in this world that's gonna fail, 
but into a house that will never fail, that will go on to all of eternity, that we're invited into the family of God to be his people as he builds his kingdom in this world today. Let's pray together. Jesus, we need you in our city. Uh, we need you in our nation. Uh, and we need a, you in our very lives. And so for those of us who, who know you, would you call us forward and more into who you want us to be? And for those of us that are just hearing this and we're not walking with you or we've rejected you or we have not yet believed, would you, Holy Spirit, work in us in a, in a new way and bring our very souls to life and help us to start building our lives and our hope and our future on the rock that is, that is Jesus and on none other. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.